Can you all believe that the Pittsburgh Penguins won that game on Tuesday night? I sure as hell can't. That's for sure. But to start this episode, I am going to tell you why exactly they won this game and absolutely stole two points against defending Stanley Cup champions. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to a late Tuesday night episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Endless Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Penguins 2, Avalanche 1. Somehow, some freaking way, this team walked away with two points against all odds. Less than four minutes left. You're thinking, oh, here we go again. They're going to squander another massive two points. The Islanders are kicking butt against the Kraken. The Sabres are right on their tail. Oh, they're going to be out of a playoff spot. Penguin said, not so fast, my friends, as the legendary league Corso on College Game Day says. Brian Russ gets a tying goal with 338 left. Chris Latang wins it a little over halfway into overtime when it looked like they were going to lose after that um, no goal was actually the correct call. Get into that a little later. And <clears throat> voila, voila, what do you know? Penguins got collect points. 58 and 59 to stay in a, in, a, in a playoff spot. And they are now just one point behind the Washington Capitals with three games in hand on them. And they are also tied with the Islanders for the final playoff spot, but they have the tiebreaker because they have four games in hand on them. Um, just what a game from this team. And um, <clears throat> they won this game because of the way they played in the third period. And especially Casey DeSmith, what a performance from the Penguins' backup goaltender. Let's give him a round of applause for that one. 970 save percentage or a little bit over. 41 saves on 42 sh- shots. Excuse me. Spectacular stuff. The save that he made um, in overtime went off his noggin. I believe that was on um, Rantanen. Just out of this world stuff. The save that he made on JT Confer um, late in the third period before Brian Russ tied it when it was on an odd man rush. Saves that he made on McKinnon, um, Lan- um, not Landis, Scott Ranson, Nachuskin, Makar. I can name so many others. He was a rock for this team tonight. They finally had a good game where they got the goaltending easily. <clears throat> excuse me, his best start of the season. Not even close, in my opinion. If he is even just average tonight, Penguins are blown out. You know, I was saying this in the first period. Like, how is this scoreless going into the intermission because they were being so brutally outplayed? Casey DeSmith, you know, when when they needed him the most, he was there for them. And this was not the goal, the same goalie I recognized when he gave up six goals to the Florida Panthers, what, just a couple of weeks ago before the All-Star break, when it looked like he couldn't even stop a beach ball? Tonight, he was played like a Vesna Trophy goaltender. And I know it's he's up and down, but just a great job by him yet again, um, just when, when they need him most. And despise some time for Tristan Jari, 
I would like to think he's going to be coming back this weekend. He was there at the morning skate on Tuesday. If he can get a full practice or two in before the California road trip, I would like to think that he's going to be good to go um, for the game on Friday or Saturday. But, you know, man, just beautiful stuff from DeSmith tonight. Shout out to him. Another big reason why they won. Jason Zucker, when the team needs him the most, he is their most consistent winger again. Watch that forecheck that he did before that goal from Russ. It was I thought it was originally Malkins, but it was Russ. He just went through two avalanche players, gets the shot just over Franco's, goes wide in the net, but he's scrambling. Malkin's able to just bank it in. Russ is able to touch it. It's a little bit of a fluky goal, but go back and watch that forecheck there. It's Jason Zucker again, just being in the right place at the right time, and also just doing a great job forechecking and splitting the defense in that situation. He has been there time and time again for the Penguins this season. He did not disappoint. And also, the penalty kill. What a performance all night long by that unit going up against one of you know, the premier power plays in the league. I know this team does not have Gabriel Landeskog out there, who is one of the best, I think, pure playmakers in the league. But you still got Nathan McKinnon, who was incre- who was incredible. Top three player in the league, in my opinion. Kill McCarr, who I think is the best defenseman in hockey, and I don't really think it's particularly close. You have Miko Rantanen. You know, <clears throat> you have Valerie Nachuskin. Just a, a world-class players right there. You can put whoever else you want as a fifth guy. Devontae's if you want to. He's awesome, too. And the fact that the Penguins were able to kill off, you know, four straight penalties, especially the one in overtime, and do it with such ease was amazing. And I love the play that Ryan Paley made after the PK. I'm going to get to that in the second segment. But, you know, they were able to sell out, block some shots. They were able to deny a lot of zone entries. Um, just spectacular work from the PK. I thought Teddy Bluger had his best game as a penalty killer in quite some time tonight. Josh Archibald came back, was really good on the PK as well. But a job well done by the unit. A unit that had been struggling a little bit going into the All-Star break, had been a little bit up and down, came into this game ninth in the NHL. But you know when they needed them the most tonight, it was absolutely spectacular. Those are the, you know, the main reasons, I think, why they won this game. Yeah, did they get a little bit of luck? Sure. Is hockey a random sport? Absolutely. But you know what? This team got the result. They badly needed it. That was a season-saving win for your Pittsburgh Penguins. They lose that game in that manner, and you know if they lose one nothing, you know they get passed in the playoffs. It puts even more pressure on them to go on this road trip and to either you know come out of it with the winning record or sweep it because you know, <clears throat> well, sweep it at least for the California teams because you play the Ducks who stink, the Sharks are not good even though they just beat them, the Kings are not bad. That's going to be a tough game. But, you know, if you can come out of this now, these this week, three and one overall, going into that game against the Islanders next Friday, which is a massive game before they play the Devils the next night, and then they play the Islanders again at home, you know, you've got you to be banking those points. And Penguins were able to do that tonight. And I know the Avalanche have not played that well this year, but they're finally starting to get healthy, you know, goaltending, PK ability, and, you know, just... A little bit of luck, and the Penguins were able to come out on the right side of this one, especially when they really took it to the Avalanche 
in the third period. You know, that's when this game, I think, really turned. Third period overall, the Penguins had 72% of the shot attempts at five on five, 68% of the scoring chances. Five, uh, high danger was about 50-50. Penguins also had 57% of the expected goals in that third period after getting just walked for the first two periods. Um, and honestly, for the game, that third period really put that in the Penguins' favor in terms of shot attempts at Corsi. 56% of the shot attempts belonged to the Penguins. Scoring chances, they had 53% of those, but they got walked at high danger, 17-9. to nine. Expected goals, though, about 50-50. It's just, you know, that third period in overtime after the Avalanche had that power play, really good stuff um, <clears throat> by the Penguins. And I think those were the main reasons why they won this game. Coming up in the second segment, I'm going to get into why Ryan Hilling made a very underrated play as soon as that penalty expired in overtime. I'm going to tell you why he did, you know, I'm going to tell you why it was such a great play. But first, first, let's get into FanDuel because, of course, the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. This year, the only happy New Year Super Bowl party is FanDuel, the America's number one sportsbook. Really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sportsbook in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the app right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. You know, again, I like Jalen Hurts for a couple of touchdowns as a prop bet. You know, if there's one for maybe 250-plus passing yards, well, I wouldn't say 250-plus. I would say for 200-plus passing yards, I would like that as well. I really like the like Eagles money line as well. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. But best of all, you can also get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LRSO Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, <clears throat> Ryan Paling continues to impress, especially now that Josh Archibald is back. That's big for him and that line. Do you all notice what he did after they killed that penalty in overtime? I, I thought that game was over as soon as Malkin took that super penalty. I will still stand by my tweet that they are so clueless when it comes to playing in overtime. I do not understand it. You know, just took a really dumb penalty there. Um, and he's lucky he didn't pay for it. But Ryan Paling gets the puck. They get back to four on four. Look what he does. Look to the bench. Does a little bit of a, like, a little, like for those that are watching on YouTube, he just does a little check, sees that a player is coming on, goes around, goes to the left side, goes around the net, buys the time for the reinforcements to come on the ice. He didn't just dump it because he had been on the ice for a while. You know, he had been on the ice, I think, for the last 40, 45 seconds, something like that, to kill off the rest of the penalty. And you know, a lot of players in the situation will just dump it, give the puck back. It's four on four. It's not as dangerous as three on three, but not paling. He goes around the left side, goes around the net, gets it to one of those poor players that gets off, and then boom, or gets on, excuse me, boom. It's a shooting gallery in front of the net. Crosby's able to draw the penalty. He gets it to Latang, who fires it into the net for the game winner. Chronicle that, everyone. By the way, and I think Mike Sullivan also chronicled it as well based on his goal. I'll get to that in just a second. But that is a veteran move by Paling. Just a really heads-up play by, by him. Um, you know, because again, if he dumps the puck there, you know, who knows what happens 
um, in the rest of the overtime session. You know, for all we know, the Avalanche win that game, or we all know this game goes to a shootout. And the Penguins, we all know how bad they struggle in shootouts um, for the last couple of seasons with how they look like they don't even try in them. They may be losing that. Um, so really nice heads up play by Paling there. You know, he's been really good, I think, since coming back from the injury, looking like a really solid fourth line contributor. For the Seaman, you know, he had he had that goal against the Sharks before the break. Really nice job, I thought, tonight. Um, he had a solid game. You know, just looking at the lines overall, um, with Paling, Bluger, and Archibald with the fourth line that they like. When they were on the ice, the Penguins had 55% of the shot attempts. They also had um only 42% of the expected goals. So not kind of man with that. 1-1 in terms of scoring chance. They only allowed one high danger chance, though, when they were on the ice. They did have the least amount of ice time. But still, you know, I think results that you can live live with when it comes to this fourth line. Really nice job um, by paling overall. Um, another topic I wanted to discuss here. Um, so I'm sure you're all wondering, or some people are wondering, Hunter, what happened with that no goal that was called off to start overtime? And yes, it looks like that Chris Letang uh, did score, but th- this is what we like to call the parallax effect. For those who don't know what it is, you know, it may look like it's in, but if you go to those angles and you like look at the overhead, you know, it's not. That's that's the parallax angle. Um, you know, you can Google it. You know, a couple of people came and mentioned like I had to Google this to see what it was. That's what it is. You know, it, it looks like it's in. And you're like, oh, it's a sure goal, but you know, when you go a little zoom in a little closer, you go over top. You can see that it's not um, a little bit of red was still showing. Honestly, if it goes in by another, if it goes over by another inch, Penguins go home 23 seconds in. Um, and funny enough, Chris Tang would have had the game winner there. Nice heads up play by Franzos to bring that puck out. Um, but that was the correct call on the ice. You know, point blank. Fans did not like it at the game, but overall, that was the right call. The refs got right. And you know, the Penguins were lucky enough to win that game. Um, I, you know, I will say after that really stupid penalty by Evgeny Malkin in, in overtime, I understand he's going for that loose puck from JT Comfort, but you know, you can't hook or trip him there, there in that situation. You know, the Penguins got really lucky that they were able to kill that penalty off when they did, especially when you have all that firepower, you know, they put out McKinnon, Rantanen and Makar and Nachuskin. Usually a lot of the times, good luck stopping that. I know if if Lanisog was healthy, he goes out there in in the Chuskin spot. But those are still four world class players. McKinnon's a top three player. McCarr's the best defenseman in the league. The fact that you're able to kill that off was nothing short of spectacular. But um, those are really just my full <clears throat> overtime thoughts. Beautiful job by Crosby and Latang. I guess to wrap this up, beautiful job by Crosby and Latang um, to you know really set to really just get that overtime winner. Um, and Mike Sullivan had a great comment about that after the game. <laughs> uh, if I can get this here, Mike Sullivan on, on Crystal Tang's winner. I know it's well chronicled that Tanger has had a tough first year. We're thrilled for him for a lot of reasons. It's just a great feeling and we're thrilled for him. All right, Mike Sullivan. So um, don't really know if you have a burner account because he does not have an official Twitter account. But I think it might be fair to say potentially that he is aware of who Penguins Chronicles is. And if you don't know who that is, um, let's just say he's a person who is not, he, he's not Chris Tang's biggest fan. I will say that. And, you know, I do think Chris Tang knows who he is because if you go back through his likes in 2020, he has liked some of those tweets and he has seen them. So I think he's probably let some of his teammates know that this person exists. 
Maybe he's let Mike Sullivan know. Um, you know, maybe Mike Sullivan didn't know what he was doing there. So I absolutely love that Sullivan put that quote out there. I hope everyone did chronicle that goal. Latang was terrific tonight. Speaking of him, if you look at the hockey stat cards, Latang was their best skater by a mile tonight. Defense with defensive PK impact above average, almost 0.5. Um, in terms of offensive impact above average, almost one. And then overall with miscellaneous, just his overall game, almost had a game score of two overall. By far the Penguins' best skater um, tonight. Just a fantastic game from someone who's had a really tough year, but you know he was awesome tonight. That's for sure. That wraps up this second segment. Coming up in the final segment, I'm going to tell you why it was a great move by um, Mike Sullivan to put Big Gensel, Crosby, Raquel line back together, and why it's also paying dividends for getting Malkin as, you know, I think um, Brian Russ fits a lot better down with Malkin. But before I get to that, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because, you know, sometimes enough time in the morning, I want a better gut health for my just overall. I want more energy, all that good stuff. So you're probably wondering, what is this? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things, you know, it has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It also costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And right now, it's time to reclaim that health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your health. <clears throat> To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is, is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter. At Hunter Hodes, follow the shows, Twitter, at Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, Mike Sullivan coming out of the break. Decided to change up the top six a little bit. Raquel is back up with Crosby and Gensel, and Russ is back down with Zucker and Malkin. And I love that move. You know, first off, looking at natural stature tonight, top line when they were on the ice had 57% of the shot attempts in terms of scoring, in terms of expected goals. Um, a little bit down in terms of that, only 32%. Scoring chances, 50-50. High danger chances, they got a little bit worked. But in terms of attempts, you know, they were very good. And I thought they were the, one of the best lines on the ice, and especially in the first two periods when they really weren't doing much. But when you go to the second line, that line was even better with Brian Russ. When they were on the ice, the Penguins had 73% of the shot attempts, also had um, 75% of the expected goals, 62% of the scoring chances, 62% of the high danger chances. It just works better with Rust. I know you can interchange Rust and Raquel. And yes, I have heard that Crosby prefers playing with Rust over Raquel. But I think stylistically, Raquel is the better fit. He's not, you know, that straight line player that Rust is. I think Raquel has a little bit of a better playmaking ability than Rust has. And, you know, Rust, you know, playing with Malkin, who is more of a straight line player, you know, <clears throat> it just works better because, you know, he's always in the right spot in the right time when he's on that line. And with how Raquel's playmaking is, it goes well with Jake Gensel, who is obviously one of the better goal scorers on the team. It also goes well with Sid, who's you know a great playmaker and also a great shooter. 
um, as well. So I really like that change. It paid dividends right away. You could easily see that those two lines were humming all night long. And that's that's the top six that I want to see for the rest of the season. Um, <clears throat> if I can take a sip of water here. Try to clear up my throat <clears throat> a little bit. Again, I don't know why this happens every time I press record. But, you know, <clears throat> these are the top two lines that I want to see for the rest of the season. They just, those two players fit their respective lines much better. You know, Russ has had his struggles this season. I know the goal tonight, a little bit fluky, but in terms of play style and just how they fit, I much prefer Rust um, with Malkin. And you saw that tonight, you know, that line was going to work shift after shift after shift. Chase and Zucker had with, a, again, a tremendous effort to tie that game uh, late in the third period. And then Russ was able to get the goal. I thought Gensel, Crosby, and Raquel were threatening all night, especially in the first, the first period. A couple times late in that first period, Gensel had a couple of quality chances. That almost had 12 shots on goal. And this game was crazy that he didn't score because he just kept firing shots to net. And that's a byproduct of having Raquel on that line because he can get him the puck, I think, more times than Rust can as a playmaker. And obviously Sid is Sid. But, you know, really like the performance um, from those two players on their respective lines. And I'm really glad Sullivan um, was able to make that change outside of that. Um, you know, your guess is as good as mine for why Jeff Carter kept being ice um, against Nathan McKinnon. I don't think Sullivan was intentionally trying to do it. I think mainly this is maybe going to sound like a nuclear level take to some of you, but I really do think, you know, this could be, you know, I don't want to say it, you know, is, is Mike Sullivan maybe making a statement with this by saying, Hey, you know, if you're going to give me this player on this contract, okay, I'm going to go put him out against there and get him exposed. Again, I don't think he's intentionally trying to taint these games or anything, or just make losing moves for the sake of losing moves. But there, a small part of me just, just, just wonder, excuse me, just wonders, is he doing this to show everyone that, hey, <clears throat> Jeff Carter is not good enough in this role. You know, I need help here and the team needs help. Same thing with putting, continuing to put Brock McGinn on that line when, again, he has given the Penguins nothing over the last month and change. It feels like coming into this game, he hadn't had a point in his last, what, 11 or 12 games. Same thing with Carter. Same thing with Bluger. So I, I really think, you know, that could be a part of it. You know, Sullivan's job is obviously a lot more safe at this point compared to Hextall's. But, you know, maybe he, because, you know, I've I've heard some rumors that his relationship with Hextall is a little bit frosty. It's not, you know, the greatest. At least that's the couple rumblings that I've heard as well firsthand from someone who I trust. So, you know, maybe he's doing it out of the spite. I don't know. But it was a curious decision that he kept putting Carter and his line out there against McKinnon. And, you know, what happened on that McKinnon goal, it literally looked like Carter just jumped out of the way from the puck. It didn't even look like he attempted to block it, which was ridiculous. I, I don't know what he was trying to do there. Um, that's for sure. But just a really odd move there, um, I think. Um, yeah, it's also annoying that Heinen and um, Drew O'Connor out of the lineup. But, you know, I thought Kapanen played a decent game. So I had a couple of quality chances. Archibald had a couple of thunderous hits. I think the goal scoring is going to come back from him in time. You know, he's been out 18 games, but you can just see that the fourth line does thrive on him being there. Um, you know, it really does. You know, you look at, and you look at 
um, the numbers for the line again, you know, plus plus in Corsi tonight, but expected goals and high danger level on the negative, you know, that could potentially change a little bit um, going forward. And I also will go back to Brian Rustier and say, you know, you look at hockey stats cards. He was second on the Penguins tonight um, in terms of that. You know, he had a marvelous effort for the Penguins tonight, just behind Chris Tang. Jason Zucker and Evgeny Malkin were just behind them as well. You know, the, the underlying numbers definitely match up with the eye test. And I will also shout out Brian Dumoulin for a very solid game outside of him fumbling that scoring chance um, in the first, second periods. Got the puck with about 10, 15 feet away. Looked like he's going to put a shot on net. Doesn't even do that. And it's just like, you know, great effort there. But please, you know, just try to get a shot on that in that situation. Other than that, I don't really have too much else to add when it comes to this game. You know, overall, great win. Season-saving win, I might add. But, but, even with Tristan Jari back soon, you know, this team will not go anywhere until they fix that third line. There's nothing doing with it. Jeff Carr is not bringing you anything. Brock McGinn's not bringing you anything. Kasperi Kappen was okay tonight. Not a lot of games this season. He's not bringing you anything either. You have to fix that line. Your top six is cooking. Latang had a great night. You know, even if this team gets great goaltending, which it did tonight, it could get better goaltending, um, especially when Jari comes back. I still need to see a better third line. I also need to see a lot of better defensive awareness. Did not like some of the on-man rushes they gave up tonight. Did not look how, like how slow they looked against the Avalanche for most of this game. And I understand the Avalanche do this to most teams. I get it. But... Just unacceptable to look that slow um, in a lot of situations. So, you know, still work to be done. Great win. California trip is up next for your Penguins. Got to at least win two of those three games. You play the Ducks and the Sharks, people. Winning all three would be tough because you play the Kings on a back-to-back. If you can win all three, though, that'd be sick. But again, looking at maybe two out of three, at least on that trip before they go to Long Island to put the Islanders next Friday. But that'll do it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday to discuss this team even more. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.